bagpipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out The Big Rap Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. Be sure to check out G1 on Facebook and on G1Reads.com. Their G1 Platinum Chanter and G1 Platinum Reads famously played by the 2016 Champion of Champions in Verarian District. Plus, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So many thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Yes indeed, welcome along to another Big Rab Show podcast. What about you? Hope you're all keeping very well. Uh, yeah, we're running up to the Easter holidays now. Well, I don't know whether you celebrate Easter or no, but... Uh, it's running up to the Easter holidays here in sunny Northern Ireland. So, yeah, I've had a bit of extra time to myself. It's been fantastic to myself personally. And, yeah, believe it or not, I'm recording this on the same day as my wedding anniversary. <laughs> yeah, I can hear people groaning from here going, uh-oh. But, yeah, don't worry. I'm here for you guys, the piping folk. And... Yeah, I probably may have to cut this podcast a little short this week because I may need to spend some time with the missus to keep her indoors happy. If anything, we talked about this on a previous podcast, you know, about wives and girlfriends and things and just the level of support they bring us piping folks sometimes, you know, the amount of grief they put up with. <sighs> yeah, but yeah, happy anniversary to the missus and me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about piping. Yeah, welcome along. If this is your first Big Rob Show podcast you've joined in on, thanks, by the way, for tuning in. Seems to be every week we're getting new listeners. Every single week we're getting someone who's just discovered it and going, oh, where where's this been? I didn't realise there was a, a podcast all about piping. There is ourselves, the Big Rab Show. Of course, we have our live radio show on Fuse FM, which we do Every week, every Tuesday, plus we're repeated on a Saturday. And yeah, there's the Grace Note Vortex as well. I'll give them a bit of a plug because they have kind of disappeared. I don't know where they've been. They've, they've gone again. Where have you been? So yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, go and check out the Grace Note Vortex podcast. They are another pipe band based podcast and they discuss all things about the piping world. And there's a team of them. There's like three of them around the table chatting all about piping and drumming and yeah it's really good fun and if anything i'm a massive fan of the grace note vortex and who knows one day i could be a guest that would be kind of cool wouldn't it even to have those guys on the podcast too you know do like a pod pod swap as they say in the business that would be a lot of fun actually i would love that anyway that's food for thought but yeah If you're new to the Big Rab Show podcast, welcome along. We are the show for the piping folks. So if it's got anything to do with bagpipes at all, we are the show for you. We reflect everything that's happened in the piping world, be it from a competitive point of view, point of view even, to concerts and just performances in general. That's what we're all about. The celebration of our wonderful music and culture. We're all just one big happy family. Sometimes. (laughs) Well, yeah. Let's talk about some of the piping news that's happened this past week. Yes, so as I'm recording this, it's the 12th of April 2017. I figured I would put dates on these piping news now because, uh, yeah, um, as people are discovering the podcast and they're listening back to some of the previous ones, you know, where we were talking about this the association in Australia, the happenings that was going on down there, you know, bands that were releasing new albums and things. And I'm getting messages from people saying, that happened ages ago. Why are you only talking about it now? Well, it was recorded ages ago. <laughs> That's the reason why. So, 12th of April. Here's the pipe of news then for this past week. <clears throat> Clear my throat. Right. Western Australian Police Pipe Band. You all know them as Walpole. As Walpole? Yeah. The Western Australian Police Pipe Band made an announcement there recently on their Facebook page that got a lot of people very excited. Myself included, I have to be honest. So I'm going to bring this new story to you guys and hopefully get some excitement going in the piping world. So yeah, the Western Australian Police Pipe Band have announced they are releasing a new album. Now this is exciting news in itself because we haven't had many releases from pipe bands this last while. Probably the biggest one to note would be, of course, the Field Marshal Montgomery who just released their new album Impact from their massive concert they had in Glasgow. And I still haven't got my copy yet, actually. (laughs) 
yeah, they released it as a two disc special edition. The field marshal did, and yeah, we haven't got our copies yet. So ugh, it's like I don't know. It's waiting on Sunday to come. I can't wait. It's just oh, I can't wait. But yes, here we are. The Western Australian Police. They have announced a release as well. Yeah, a live recording of their 50th anniversary concert. Now, for those of you who know the Western Australian Police Pipe Band, you will know these guys know how to put on a show, especially in a concert setting. I cannot wait to hear this. It's going to be incredible. There have been some clips, little video clips and stuff, you know, around social media and YouTube and different things, but they're only ever little 30-second, 20-second clips, and you just get a flavour of it. And then the video ends and you're like, ah, come on. So, yeah, for this being like a big release for the band, I can't wait to get my hands on it. It's going to be really, really good. So that was the first big news that they're having this release. But they're also announced that it's going to be a two disc set. And the second disc is going to be a DVD of the concert. So not only are you getting the live recording that you can take with you and listen in your car, you're also going to get a DVD of the concert. So, come on. This is, oh, I am going to, yeah, probably jump over backwards to try and get my hands on this. This is incredible. You're getting a DVD plus a CD, yeah, released from the Western Australian Police Pipe Band. Now, the reason why I'm so excited about this, and people are wondering, oh, Rah, would you calm down? No, I won't. They have only made 500 of these. Now, this kind of makes it all the more exciting because the Field Marshal Montgomery, they made their big release there not too long ago, Impact, and they made it as a two-disc live recording of their big concert there in Glasgow and they made a thousand of them now they're still hopping off the shelves they're still flying you can go onto Field Marshall's website right now and check the shop and see if there's any left but again they made them as a limited edition once they're gone they're gone now if there's any plans after that no idea no clue the band is keeping tight-lipped and if anything they haven't said anything you know about what happens so here we are, the Western Australia. Police are kind of following suit. They've only made 500, which will make them pretty scarce, especially for us piping fans that are going to want to get a copy of this. So, yeah, they could be snapped up pretty quick. Now, they haven't made any details known about how you can get your hands on these yet, but rest assured... If we find out, we will be posting it on our social media. Yeah, on the Big Rab Show on Facebook. That plus our Twitter account as well. So, yeah, we are keeping our fingers to the pulse, as they say, for the Western Australian Police. We cannot wait to get news of when this will be released and how we can get our hands on it. Um, I haven't even heard any word of pricing yet as well. And isn't it weird that that's kind of one of the things that I just don't consider? You know, as soon as I hear there's going to be a new release, especially from Western Australian Police, I just thought, give me it. You know, give us it now. I didn't think, oh, hold on, there's only releasing 500 of these. Are there maybe like six, £700 each? You know, that didn't even factor in. But anyway, yeah, once they make the announcement of when it will be released and how we can get our hands on it, yes, we will let you know here, probably on the podcast, on our live show, we will push the message out as far and wide as we can so you guys can be in with a chance to get one of these limited edition ones. So there you go. Grant, in New York City... Yes, over there in sunny America, the New York City Tartan Day happened. Now, we were chatting about this on the live radio show through the week there on Fuse FM. Tartan Day. I knew absolutely nothing about this day at all. And I said this on the air. kind of made myself out to be a bit of an idiot. But I said, you know, what is this? I've never heard of Tartan Day. So, yeah, it went down in... New York City is a massive celebration. Now I'm talking there was bands from all over the country, some internationally as well, all performing at this massive celebration that was pegged as Tartan Day. Even the Red Hot Chili Pipers were involved. I think they're, they're currently on a US tour at the moment, but they took time out of their tour to go and play at this New York City Tartan Day. So, from all accounts, uh, you know, from comments that we got there from Jim Williamson, thanks for texting us in, Jim, last night there on the radio show, but yeah, he was educating me on this Tartan Day. 
and why it was such a huge celebration. Um, yeah, he said it was to do with the declaration of our broth uh, that has been held on the 6th of April every year in the States. And yeah, the declaration of our broth. Now, I have no clue of what the declaration of our broth is or what or no clue. But it must have something to do with tartan. No idea. But you know what? It generated a whole weekend of piping and drumming. <laughs> I mean, you look at the videos of the New York City Tartan Day. Wow. Some of the performances of some of those bands that were taking part. Whew, my words. Absolutely incredible. You know, some of them were parading down main streets in New York City. And they just looked and sounded amazing. Plus... It was all the little concerts and wee gigs that were all around the city and little pubs and clubs and stuff. Some amazing piping and drumming was going on as part of the whole celebration for New York City Tartan Day. So consider me educated now. I'm now aware of this day, but I'm not aware of what pipe bands and what pipers and stuff were involved because I kind of joined in off the back of it. You know, people started sending me the video clip saying, oh, check out this, you know, here's this happened in New York over the weekend. Check this out. And I said, what? I had no clue something was happening. So, yeah, the New York City Tartan Day. I am well impressed with the amount of sheer piping and drumming talent that performed during this celebration. Wow. Um, But also, I'm surprised that the event was happening in the first place because I clearly had no no knowledge of this at all so perhaps you guys can educate me out there about the new york city celebration of tartan day and why so many pipers and drummers were involved obviously because we were killed like but you know what i mean yeah if you guys can give me any information on it at all you know like what kind of bands were involved you know who were they where'd they come from you know will it be all happening again next year you know, will we be expecting any of our big name bands to go over there and perform? And I don't know. I'm really intrigued. I'm really interested. I know they have a Facebook page and stuff. I just haven't done much in the way of research about it. So I maybe should. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to get on board next year when it rolls around. It looks like an incredibly exciting event. and Probably one that we should cover quite well here on the show. Because there's a load of pipers and drummers all involved in that. So, yeah, it's wonders how these things can slip under the radar sometimes, you know. That stupid old pesky Atlantic Ocean in the way. Anyway, Grant, as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, until I'm near blue in the face, the Pipe Band Fantasy League has now closed its doors to entrance. So if you haven't got your entry form in to the Pipe Band Fantasy League, you're too late. Now, we have yet to find out just how many people have entered But going on last year's performance, we had well over 250-something entrants. Well over that, in fact. So, yeah, going by last year, we can only expect it to be much of the same, if not better. So I'm really looking forward to finding out just how many bands have been entered. Plus, I'm also really interested to find out people's choices. Hmm. Because, yeah, it's going to be a real mixed bag. I can't see... As we were going through our selections on the live show, there was no real clear winner in any grade. I think even for the grade ones, obviously people are going to be thinking of their field marshals, their St. Lawrence O'Toole's, your Inverarish, all your big guns. But, you know, there is always that dark horse that could cause a massive upset in the season and just (laughs) play out of their skin, you know what I mean? And just lift prizes all round. And yet... No one has them in their fantasy pipe band. So, yeah, it's those dark horses that could really win you prizes. So, it's going to be interesting. The door is now closed now for all entrants. All entrants were free, by the way. So, the season is now ready to unfold for the Fantasy League. So, we will wait for the pipe band hub. They've got a lot of work ahead of them. I'm I'm not envious of them at all. Because piecing together over 200 entrants... And getting them all lined up and getting them organised. And that's not a small job at all. So best of luck guys at the Pipe Band Hub. (laughs) But hey, you're well fit for it. The Fantasy League last season was incredible. It was a lot of fun. And if anything, I'm really looking forward to this season. So best of luck getting it all pieced together guys. Once everything has been put together and ready to go ahead of the first competition of the season. Yeah, we will be talking all about it because... 
Yeah, we want to know just how many other bands we have to beat to get some prizes. <laughs> well, let's talk about pipe bands. New Ross and District this past weekend were in practice. Now, the reason why this is hitting the piping news is because New Ross and District, they've already been working incredibly hard over the winter. Learning all sorts of new material and just working insanely hard. But what makes this particular Saturday practice interesting is... They had two special guests helping them this, this time. So, they were joined by Mr. Jordan Bailey and Stephen McWhorter of Inverarian District. So, Jordan, of course, being lead tenor with Inverary and Stephen McWhorter. Come on. If you don't know who Stephen McWhorter is, where have you been? But countless time world solo champion plus lead drummer of Inverarian District. Yeah. Down there at band practice with New Ross and District. Helping them out. You know, basically just giving them points and tips of little things that they could tweak and improve all before they hit the grass. So, (laughs) just fantastic news. It's great to see, you know, that Stephen and Jordan both took time out of their hectic schedule, you know, to help out, you know, a band such as New Ross. And, uh, you know, this is happening more often now. You're getting to see what we would count as being pipe band celebrities almost you know, helping out other bands, trying to raise standards and help them in general with their competitiveness. So, fantastic. Long may it continue. And exciting times for the guys at New Ross uh, and Districts. I'm sure, you know, that made for an extremely interesting weekend's worth of practice. I'm sure it wasn't, you know, sitting about and scratching yourself. I'm sure it was a hard slog. So, (laughs) yeah, best of luck, guys, to everyone there in New Ross and District. I think a long, hard winter, and the work is still continuing, you know, uh, but the season's only just around the corner. You think this is April, like in the first majors in May? Yeah, can't wait, man, can't wait. Now, on the live show this week on the Fuse FM, we were playing an album by a band called The Old Blind Dogs. They had released a new album called, I can't remember now off the top of my head, but they did <laughs> release a new album. And we have been plugging it like crazy. So we played two or three different tracks off the new album. Uh, of course, it featured the legendary piper, Mr. Ali Hutton. Now, of course, Ali was kind of one of the protégés from the late Gordon Duncan. But also his partner in crime, Mr. Ross Ainsley, was also a protégé of Mr. Gordon Duncan. So, these two guys together, as you know, form a duo which is Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton, and they have released an album not too long ago called Symbosis. Now, off the back of this album, it's been incredibly successful for them. So Ross and Ali both have been tearing up the Celtic music scene, throwing piping right up there along with some of the biggest names in the Celtic and folk scene. So, why are they in the piping news this week? Well... In case you've been living in a box, you're going to know exactly what I've been talking about, or going to talk about. The Radio 2, BBC Radio 2 Folk Music Awards 2017 took place, and Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton won Best Duo for 20... That's just brilliant. Yeah, it's just... I'm so happy for them. Do you know, Ross and Ali seem to be both on cloud nine whenever they won this award, and... For being two pipers of note, being two talented musicians of note, you know, whistle players, mandolin, guitar players, pipers, these guys certainly put bagpiping on another level. And with winning this Folk Music Award for Best Duo, it's no small fish by any means. You know, so to go to two pipers like these guys, it's just incredible. So well done, Ross and Ali, both. If anything, I dare say that you're... Possibly one of the hardest working duos in the folk music scene at the moment. I could be wrong. I don't know. But hey, congratulations guys. Really well deserved. And if anything, you're currently in the studio at the moment recording the follow-up to Symbosis. So, mm, I can't wait. I can't wait. There's been no sneaky peak tracks or anything recently. So, I keep talking about them on most shows. If you haven't checked out any of Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton, go now. You're missing a trick. These guys perform some of the best piping that you're possibly going to hear in the Celtic music scene at the moment. So definitely cutting edge stuff. Go and check them out. Right. Now, this past weekend, 
Yeah, we had two massive solo events. Yeah, we had loads of solo competitions over the weekend. On the last podcast, we wished a bunch of people good luck. So, here we go. We're going to go through the results. Starting, of course, with the Kingdom Thistle solos. So, the open drumming went to Callum Burns of Bogholmback. It's a well done, Callum. You lifted the open drumming. The open tenor drumming went to Aaron Bryce of Mackenzie Caledonia. So, well done, Aaron. Now, the open piping and the open peabrook. Yeah. Two of them went to Kieran Ross of Shots and Dykehead. So both the open piping and the peabrook as well went to Kieran. Not a bad day's work for Kieran and for Shots and Dykehead as well. You know, that's two big solo prizes going back into the cabinet there. So well done. Now, the Kulabaki solos as well here in sunny Northern Ireland. Now, I did talk about this on the podcast a number of times, asking people to get entries in and stuff. And the event itself was packed to the rafters. It was nuts. <laughs> If anything, I think given the level of spectators that were there, all catching up with each other, it was kind of seen as a bit of a pre-season party. You know, everyone all gathering up for a bit of a a yarn and a chat and a, oh, how are you? Haven't seen you. Have you had a good winter? You know, all that sort of stuff. (laughs) But the Kulabaki solos went incredibly well. And I have to say, well done to absolutely everyone who took part at Kulabaki. I think, I know I said this on the live show and got a bit of stick for it, but I don't think there was any clear... You know, person who'd had a really bad run. I think everyone, by all accounts, played really well and made the judges' job incredibly difficult, which is great. You know, we just love to torture judges sometimes. So, <laughs> let's look at it. The bass drumming solo event that was seen as a bit of an experiment to begin with went incredibly well. It had a large field of entry and, yeah, some great performances. And if anything, it was really interesting watching it. You know, see how the format of it went and everything. Very interesting stuff. So, let's talk about the results. Bass drumming in Grade 4B went to Noreen Donaghy of Letterkenny and District. So, well done, Noreen. Now, the bass drumming, senior bass drumming, of course, went to Ian McClintock of Thiepville Memorial. So, well done, Ian. Well deserved, I think, a great performance there all around. So, the tenor drumming open grade went to Ewan Glenning of Kloss Kelt. Ooh, not bad, Ewan, at all. Yeah, I haven't actually seen her year run yet, Ewan, so I'm going to have to have a juke around on uh, Facebook or, yeah, I'll have a search for it. So, uh, now, on the live show this week, I read out the result for junior drumming and I got it wrong. I got it wrong. Terrible. I did get it wrong. So, but I corrected it on the show because the slew of messages come in. You got that wrong, you clown. You got it wrong. Yeah, you guys love to correct me when I'm wrong. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the junior drumming went, of course, to Christopher Hassan, or Christy Hassan, as everybody knows him. I've called him Kill Pipe Bond. I'll get that right. There you go. So well done, Mr. Hassan. Lifted the junior drumming. Now, the Open Drumming Championships, of course, went to William Glenn Holmes. Well done, Willie, of course, from the Vale of Ahel Pipe Band. That's another medal to add to your collection, Willie. Well done. Well, well played. Junior piping went to Des Smith of the New Zealand Police. So well done, Des. Uh, the intermediate piping went to Sean Maloney of Kelt. And the senior piping, of course, then went to Ashley McMichael of the Field Marshal Montgomery. Well done, Ashley. Now, by all accounts, I'm only reading out the winners here. There are tons of other grades you know, involved. Like, uh, you know, there was drum pad solos. There was chanter solos. There was... Just loads. Loads going on. All sorts of different levels and age groups, under 18s, under 16s, all of that. But rather than sit here and just simply read a list of names, you can go and check that out. It's on the Kulabaki Pipe Band Facebook page. Your full results are up there. Same for the Kingdom Thistle as well. The Kingdom Thistle solos, full results are up there on the thistle.com. Go and check it out. You may see some familiar names. Now... Last little bit of piping news before we run into the topic of the week. Tully Lagan pipe band. Get the Lagan! Yeah! I have to, have to give them a shout every time. So every time I mention Tully Lagan, be it on the live show or even on the podcast, you have to go, No, the Lagan! Yeah! Anyway, stop being random rather than shouting under your microphone. So go on the Lagan! The pipe band, of course, Tully Lagan, are holding a concert on the 4th of May. They're calling it Promoting Youth in Concert. Hmm. So this tells you exactly the lines that they're going to be ticking for this concert. Now, 
for me, this is a fantastic idea. I, yeah, I think it's brilliant. Doors open at 7.30 and it's being held in Cookstown Primary School on the 4th of May. Featuring such acts as the Ulster Scots Juvenile Band. So the Ulster Scots Juvenile Pipe Band, they're going to be in action. Now for those of you who know the Ulster Scots Juvenile Pipe Band, you're going to know that these guys are not too shabby at all. They may be kids... But by gum can they play. They're featured, of course, in the waterfront, you know, big, big theatre here in Belfast, playing along with the Ulster Orchestra. That's not too shabby either. Playing at some of the largest venues here in Northern Ireland and in the Republic of Ireland as well, playing at some of the largest, largest venues. And it doesn't faze these kids at all. And they're just brilliant. So many talented kids in this band. Definitely going to be worth catching. Also featuring the County Armagh Drum Majors. So we're also going to get a drum major display as well. That's going to be fun. Also the Trad Music Band of Juniors. So there you go. They're going to have a bunch of young kids playing a load of trad music as part of a band as well. So brilliant. If you're up to look at young talent and checking out and seeing what kind of state the piping world is in. And you want to see you know, just some of the young guns as they say. This could be the concert for you. So, of course, being hosted by Tully Lag and Pipe Band on the 4th of May. Now, what makes this really cool? <laughs> it has my favourite word associated. It's free. Yes, it's free. Free of charge. There's no tickets involved. All they ask is that you simply turn up. Yeah, bring your friend. Bring your friend's friend. Bring your friend's dog, Budgie. Goldfish, just, yeah, just go and catch this concert. It's going to be a great, great night of music supplied by these youngsters. It's going to be great. Plus, yeah, it is free, but it's also, yeah, a free donation. So if you do feel so inclined that you would like to give a donation, all donations are gratefully received and will all proceeds go towards supporting the acts. So... Yeah, if you like what you hear and you think these kids are just frankly amazing, and you will, yeah, throw a wee fiver in the basket before you leave. You know, that would be good. So there you go. Tully Lag and Pipe Band holding this concert on the 4th of May. Now, a little bit of piping news, which is not really piping news as such, but we talked about Field Marshal Montgomery releasing their limited edition CD called Impact. Now, I just want to pose a question to you. Has anybody got a copy yet? I don't think, well I certainly haven't got mine and I ordered it on the day of release. Me plus a bunch of other people who've been messaging in the radio show this past week saying I ordered my CD almost two weeks ago now and I haven't got it, where is it? I don't know. (laughs) But as I said on the previous podcast, this is being distributed by the band. It's not going through a distribution company, it's being done basically by the wives and girlfriends of the members of the band. So they're piecing this together themselves. This is not a professional team of distributors. They will do what they can. So I guess I said on the last podcast that I'm happy to wait. You know, I am happy to wait. So I guess you guys are just going to have to bear with us. Uh, <laughs> because we're waiting, so you're going to have to wait too. So rest assured, as soon as we get our hands on a copy, we will be bringing you some of the tracks from the album on our live radio show. So if you haven't caught us on the radio yet, for shame, you have to, because we're live every week. We have some of the best music on there, which I don't bring you on the podcast uh, for various different reasons. I'm not going to bore you with it now, but um, yeah. We haven't got our copy of the FM CD yet. And, yeah, just posing the question. Has anybody else out there got a copy yet? I don't know. Anyway, tis that time of the week again where I get to throw my heels up, make myself a cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. In case the big rab show twice a week in the radio wasn't enough for you, here's his podcast tea. Hello, this is Scott Wood. And you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Hello, this is Fred Morrison, and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. And now on The Big Rab Show podcast, it's time for Topic of the Week. Yes, indeed, it's time for Topic of the Week. That time of the week again, where I get to pick a topic and just talk nonsense for ages and bore the pants clean off you. But, hey, a lot of you seem to enjoy it. (laughs) Well, the topic of this week, of course, is vendors at championships. 
Yes, what I mean by vendors, now I don't mean like vending machines where you can go and buy a bottle of Miller or something. I'm talking about stalls that you see at competitions. Now, I must preface all of this by saying at the very start of the show, we normally had a feature called Listener Mail. Now, we didn't have any mail this week. We had nothing. Even whenever I was asking all of you guys to email in, even send in a cheeky voicemail, there has been nothing. So, yeah, if you're wondering why I wasn't giving anyone a shout-out at the start of the show, that's the reason. We didn't get any emails in at all. It's been really quiet. Now, that must mean last week's topic of the week, you guys must have been 100% in agreement. So, hey, I must be doing something, right? Or, yeah, maybe I'm doing something wrong and you just can't be bothered to tell me. But definitely, before I get into this topic on vendors, drop me an email. (laughs) BigRabShow at gmail.com. I love to hear from you. And as I say, every email, you know, will make the show. Definitely. You know, we'll form part of it as listener mail. And if you have opinion on anything, or even if you have a possible topic for us to talk about, definitely bring it on. Send us in an email. BigRabShow at gmail.com. Now, vendors at championships. The reason I wanted to talk about them is because recently in a podcast, when I was talking about pipe bands and finance, I think it was, yeah, the topic did come up because I told a story where I was given 10 minutes at the World Championships to go and have a pee and a burger. <laughs> and that's exactly what I'd done during those 10 minutes. <clears throat> so the pipe major told me, right lads, 10 minutes, you know, go and sort yourselves out and then be back here and then we're going to the final tuning, right? So, fair enough. Band all went the separate ways and I was starving. So I went to the nearest kind of what looked to be like a chip van kind of thing and I asked for a burger and a bottle of water and it cost me a clean fortune <laughs> now this was at the world championships and I had 10 minutes to myself before I had to go on and play and just a lot of things were going against me at that stage ordinarily I probably would have threw the burger back and said what I'm not paying that catch yourself on but yeah I reluctantly paid it so the reason I wanted to talk about vendors is because recently, in recent major championships, I have been a spectator. I haven't been a competitor. And as a result, I have noticed a kind of a distinct trend, if not a lack, of vendors. You know, I think our associations are missing a trick. I really do. Especially those of us who have businesses in the piping world. I honestly think we're missing a trick too. Now, of course, I can't go on and, you know, talking about vendors at competitions without talking about some of the big name businesses that we have. Of course, everyone knows the big Beach Street van is going to be there. You know that big thing that Eddie manages to bring to every competition <laughs> that is loaded down with all sorts of goodies and has helped out many, many people. You know, broken sticks needed a replacement head. Someone manages to crack a reed and they need new reeds or... You know, everyone needs a cape. You know, just basic supplies that pipe bands need. These guys are supplying that need, and which is brilliant, you know. And the reason why I wanted to talk about vendors in the first place is I honestly think we're missing a trick. Like, there's Beach Street, especially when it comes to the majors. We have lots of other different vendors there as well. But... They're all selling much of a much. They're all kind of selling the same kind of yoke, if you know what I mean. And, yeah, especially at the World Championships, the feeling I got this last little while was, yep, there's a guy, he's selling drumsticks and pads. Yep, there's a guy, he's selling drumsticks and pads. And, yep, there's a guy, he's selling... Yeah, drumsticks and pads. Uh, there's, there's, oh, there's another stall. Uh, oh, he's selling drumsticks and pads. Yes, I would love to see a bit of variety. Now, that's not to say our world championships is being pegged as this best competition of the season by some, that it doesn't cover variety because pff, it does. In, in spades, it does. Because... There's loads of little artisan shops and stuff like handcrafted things that they've had this last few years. 
And there's been ones that are selling kids' toys. There's been guys from the tourist board who sell souvenirs of Scotland that always get sold out within the first hour. And then the guy that runs the thing goes into a blind panic and has to clear off in a transit van to fill it again. And this happens like two or three times during the day. He just can't keep it filled. So, (laughs) because, yeah, when people travel to competitions, especially internationally, you know, we're missing a trick to either promote piping and drumming in some way, especially in commerce, you know, or even to promote, you know, where the competition is. Especially The reason why I'm talking about it is, I suppose, our local competitions here in Northern Ireland. The RSPBA NI <clears throat> are the bunch of guys that organise all the competitions here for Northern Ireland, and they do a fantastic job. I have to say... I'll preface this, I'm not going to be slagging them by any means, because I do think it's an incredibly difficult job to do, but it's also really well done, that people just kind of take it for granted that it just seems to magically happen. But there is always, always the same four or five vendors that are always there. You know, it's the same guys there all the time, and they always stock the same stuff. And you're always just kind of thinking... Could something more be done? You know, say there was something from tourism Northern Ireland. Even, you know, especially like a big championship like the Ulster Championships. Or even the All-Ireland. The All-Ireland Championships is a massive, massive event. But yet there's nobody there from Tourism Ireland. You know, people from hotels could be there representing themselves. Hey, if you want to come to our championships next year. Book a room. Here you go. Here's our hotel. It's class. We've got a pool and everything. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) One of the most random stalls from my living memory of going to competitions, and this has had a lasting effect on me. I was, what age was I? I was in my teens. I was maybe 15, 16. I was at the World Championships. And I've always had an interest in Las Vegas. Right? I'm in love of kind of the whole glitz and glamour of it all. You know, the poker chips and, you know, playing craps and, you know what they call it, one arm, one arm bandit machines and all that sort of stuff. You know, I love all that. And then I was at the championships, at the Worlds, we'd finished playing and I decided I'll have a wee walk around the stalls here, see if I can get myself a souvenir. Now, of course, when I talk about souvenirs, all I'm really looking for is a t-shirt that has either a Dante or Premier on it or some kind of pipe band logo or just something. Because that's where you go for your pipe band merch, isn't it? That's where, <laughs> you know, you go to a pipe band stall to go and get some. But this one stall was there and it has had such a lasting effect on me that it's kind of tarnished my view on vendors and possibly made me think we should be doing more on this particular stall was two very happy looking guys one guy had a pen and a bit of paper and the other guy had a giant big bucket and that was it they weren't selling anything one guy had a massive bucket and the other guy had a pen and paper and I you know, there was no banner up. There was no sign to say what they were selling. There was just two fellas sitting in a tent. So I walked over and I says, uh, how you doing, boys? Well, what are you selling? And I made a joke and I says, are you selling buckets? <laughs> and the guy says, no, I'm selling what's in the bucket. And he reached out, uh, reached into the bucket and reached out one of these. It was a poker chip. And I thought, oh, cool, poker chips. Yeah, okay, how much are they? And then I looked at the poker chip, and on it said the Las Vegas Championships, whatever the year was. And now they were promoting the Las Vegas Championships for the next year, next year. So what they were doing is they were there collecting people's email addresses. And if you give them an email address, they give you a poker chip. Now, I still have that poker chip. It's in the house somewhere, but I still have it. And I just remember thinking... You know, what was that event? Was it was it good? Did anybody go to it? Because I think at the time they were running so much promotion for it. They were trying to pull bands over. And all, all they were doing was just having conversations with people. And they were just telling them about how great this event is. And how much they want bands from Scotland and Northern Ireland and around the world. All to go to Las Vegas to compete at their games. 
And that had a really lasting effect on me. I was thinking, that was awesome. That was really cool. It was so unusual, for a fact. You know, you really weren't expecting that. But, yeah, just chatting to these guys and finding out in the first place that there was a piping scene in Las Vegas. Well, of course now, this is the Las Vegas pipe band, which we all know about. But, yeah, before this, like this was, what, 10, 15 years ago? Uh, yeah, I didn't know there was a championships in Las Vegas. So this was fascinating to me. So, of course, on the bus on the way home from the, the competition, of course we were talking about the results and everything, but I was talking to everyone in the band about this championship. Look at this. Did you know there was a championship in Vegas? No. Was there? Aye. Look, Rab's got this poker chip thing here. Look at that here. Here, can we go to Vegas? I'll be some crack. Well, we can play, we can play this competition. And no word of a lie. I handed it to the pipe major of the band. I said, look, check this out. And he actually thought, that would be awesome. And we looked into it. <laughs> we looked into the different travel arrangements and everything. And we actually got in contact with the owner, not the owners, the organisers of the championships. And tried to get information from them to find out how much it would cost us to come over there. You know, what's all involved. You know, all of that. But all of that started from a very simple man with a bucket and a man with a bit of paper. You know, it started a massive ball rolling. Now, suffice to say, I didn't get to Las Vegas to play pipes and drums. Yeah, I know. But I think for one reason or another, either one, the band couldn't afford it, or number two, there wasn't enough people interested, or three, I don't think the event actually took place. Uh, That's another topic entirely. But anyway... I just remember thinking this has had a lasting effect on me. And I do think, along with all of our piping and drumming stalls that sell sticks and pads and sticks and pads and sticks and pads, I do think a little bit more variety, especially at local level. I think a lot of businesses are missing a trick. You know, because you have a captive audience there, especially a musical audience. You know, an audience that can really appreciate bagpipe music. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, on the food front, let's talk about food. Because I believe some championships get it right. Some championships get it incredibly, incredibly wrong. Yeah, of course, the world championships, they get it right. I have to be honest. Whenever I was talking about all the handcrafted stuff, you know, handmade, artisan kind of little gifts and trinkets and things you get to take home... There was also all sorts of amazing, amazing homemade, homegrown food. And some of it was just... Oh, I'm going to get a bib. I'm slobbering here. It was Some of the stuff there was just amazing. Now, for me, I now actively look for this one particular stall. And I can't remember the name of the guy who owns it. And runs it, but he knows me. He knows my name. Now, I've been there that many times. Um, so, <laughs> this past few world championships, first thing in the morning, I'm in the park. It's maybe 7 a.m., half 7. Uh, you know, okay, probably stupidly early, but okay. But anyway, as soon as the gates open, I'm in the field. I'm on Glasgow Green. And I go and look somewhere to go and get breakfast. Now, I go and check this place out. It's called Stovey's. And basically all it is, is this guy has a massive big pot about the size of a tenor drum filled with porridge. And it's the best thing. He just ladles you out a big shovel full of porridge and then he says to you, one shot or two. And I says, what? And the first time I didn't know what he was talking about, I says, what? And he says, ah, you're looking cowed. And he throws in two shots of scotch whiskey and mixes it all up. And now you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> this is like, what, half seven, eight a.m. in the morning, and here I am <clears throat> having whiskey in my porridge. But, man, it was amazing. It was probably the best porridge I've had oh, in a long time. Or Sorry, I should call it oatmeal for our international listeners. But, yeah, oh, so I look out this guy every time, and he's there every time, every World Championships he's there. And he's constantly shuffling out this porridge all day. Like, I mean, even, say, 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, when people might have a belly full of beer, he's still shuffling out porridge to people. (laughs) Now, that is when it's done right, I think. You know, 
I think that kind of a you know a stall. People are looking for breakfasts. You know, especially the early mornings. People who need fed. Give me a bacon roll now. You know what I mean? They're looking breakfasts. But see, when it comes to lunchtime, you talk about a level of choice. This, especially this past five, ten years, that might not have been there before. Like before, you were talking. You had you had a chip van, a burger van, or a chip and burger van, and that was it. But now you've got Thai green noodles. You had this guy making baguettes. Somebody making some kind of weird vegan stuff that I had no clue what it was at all. Uh, some like I had never tried risotto before. Or was it even risotto? It was risotto. I had no clue what this stuff was, but I was just shoving it into me. I said, this is brilliant. Where did you get this? Because my mate bought it to me. He says, ah, that's that risotto. I, well, what what risotto? Where did you get it? And I just pointed to this weird random vegan van. But it was awesome. Brilliant. And uh, this is the thing. Like You get like, Asian noodles. You get Chinese food. You get Indian food. There was... All sorts of amazing Angus burger beef, you know, the Angus burgers and those steaks. People cooking actual steaks. Those ones barbecuing ribs and things. And ah, the level of selections from the food aspect was just incredible. I think even the pickiest of eaters would find something that they would enjoy. However, <laughs> it seems to be him singing the praises of the World Championships. However. All of these incredible artisan foods and, you know, real eclectic stuff like your pizzas, your risottos, all this here, it all comes at a heavy price. Some of it can be really expensive. Yeah. Because then you got what you had with me and I went to get a a burger and a bottle of water and ended up having to get a mortgage. It was crazy. Sometimes, yeah, having more choice and having, you know, such... Great, great levels of choice like that comes at a heavy price. All of these vendors and food outlets and stuff all have to pay for their pitch. And they pass that cost on to the punter. So, yeah. Sometimes, I don't know, having more choice sometimes can result in needing to take out a bank loan. But, hey, I would rather have more choice. To be honest, if it was me. The reason why I mentioned the RSPBA in Northern Ireland with having the same four vendors or four or five vendors that they have at each competition, you are normally expected to see either one chip van, two chip vans, and maybe an ice cream van. Do you know what I mean? That's that's maybe your lot for your choice of food. Now, some of the venues are kind of well out of the town. So if you didn't want chips and a burger, if you didn't want a fish supper, or, you know, <laughs> a sausage supper. What what are your options? Well, you're kind of limited in that regard. So, I don't know. Perhaps at local level, vendors can be, I don't know, kind of up the game a little bit. But then again, as a result of upping the game, you're also upping the price. Do you know, and us Northern Irish, we're a miserable bunch. So, I don't know. But especially at big competitions. The likes of what we have here, the Ulster Championships and the All-Ireland Championships. In recent years, it's been improving. I can't really say that it's been brilliant, you know, with World Championship kind of level. But it's getting there. I think, was it the All-Ireland last year that had some dude making baguettes? You know, and that's kind of unheard of. You know, uh, you'd be going up there, uh, give us a... A baguette and a gravy chip. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think that's possibly one area of competitions that could be developed, especially for businesses. Especially for businesses. Like those who are creating and making brand new bagpipes. Why don't you have a stall at the British? Why don't you have a stall at the European Championships? You know, show people, I am making these amazing bagpipes. Come and buy them. But only really do you ever see them at the World Championships. You don't really see them anywhere else. Even with snare drums, you know, and drums in general. Of course you have the big pearl stand, you have the big Adanti tent, and the Premier stand as well. You have all the big guns there. But you don't really see them throughout the rest of the season. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. Perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps all these vendors, 
they pick and choose which events to go to because of the level of cost involved. Yeah, because going to these championships is quite an investment for these businesses. They have to pay for their pitch. Perhaps the association can maybe subsume some of that cost. I don't know. You know, with the price of ticket entries and program sales, perhaps some of the cost for organizing the event in the first place wouldn't have to come from the vendor's pockets. could maybe come from, I don't know, ticket sales. I don't know. I don't know much about finances and how it all works. But I do think there's a level there where perhaps we could get better stalls and stuff to sell more cool stuff. Because I do think, especially for promoting things, stalls and things like that, like vendors in general, are perfectly placed for that. Especially to a piping audience. If you wanted to sell something to the piping and drumming crowd, get a stall at any championship. And you'll get a crowd around you trying to see just what you're at. Because just out of pure nosiness. Kind of like me when I was chatting to those two fellas from Vegas. There was a guy with a bucket. Do you, do you know what I mean? Who ordinarily would have go up to the guy? What are you doing? But me. A nosy bake rap. I had to go up and ask him. What's the crack? <laughs> and that's it. I think, you know, from even the tourist board. You know, from your respective country. Why not have a stall there from New Zealand? Come and visit New Zealand. The land of Lord of the Rings and all that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, that would be brilliant. It could probably generate an awful lot of trade. Like, I'm sure people who come to the World Championships and other different championships as well would be keen to see things like this. You know, things that are unusual. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking to myself. But I do think our vendors at championships, well, on some occasions they're great, but on some occasions they're kind of they're kind of dopey. They're kind of yeah, not not great. So yeah, I think it's just whenever it comes down to it, it comes down to variety. Now, whenever I was talking about Beat Street and the likes, you know, that was Essie's music as well. You know, these guys all have their stalls and they sell what we need. They are selling snow to Eskimos. Eskimos need snow, they buy snow. We need reeds and sticks and heads and capes. Those guys are there supplying our need. Now, it's a given. They have to be at a competition. That's their business. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be. I'm saying that they should. But I would also like to see a bit of variety. I would love to see a stall there selling, I don't know, just t-shirts and stuff. Like there I was talking about, ah, oh, I'm going to get myself a souvenir. You're going to get yourself a Worlds t-shirt. And it says Worlds Championships 2017 or whatever. So you can take it home and say, hey, look where I was. World Championships 2017. Why not have one for every championship? You know, the Ulsters, the All-Irelands, your Cookstowns, <laughs> your European, your British, your UKs. You know, why not? Because people travel to these events and they would like to take a souvenir home with them. Not just a trophy from the championship, mind you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just think possibly we're missing a trick. I don't know. Anyway, that's my thoughts on vendors. Some competitions get it spot on, perfectly right. Some of them, not so right. Yeah, sometimes eating a gravy chip at nine in the morning for your breakfast is not the most healthy thing in the world. Mm. But then again, it's also eating a gravy chip at 9 a.m. in the morning for your breakfast. That's awesome. Sometimes, I'll admit it, I'll put my hand out there and you can all slag me off. I have had ice cream for breakfast at maybe a whole load of competitions. <laughs> at like 10 a.m. in the morning, there's nothing beats a good 99. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got the ice cream with a flake on it. Lovely. Couldn't beat it. Where's my breakfast? Where's my ice cream? Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What's your guys' thoughts on it? Vendors or competitions? Do you think they can be improved? Now, there's one competition I have to mention just before I close off the topic of the week. And that's the one that's been happening this past couple of seasons. Here in Northern Ireland specifically. And it's being held at Glenarm. Now, this is being held during a massive festival where they have strongman events. There's little folk bands playing all over the place. There's, like, vintage cars there's, you know, people selling tractors and things. and It's just this huge, huge event where they have, like, fun fairs with rides and everything for kids. There's helicopter rides you can go on. 
It's just this massive, massive big event. And pipe bands are just a part of that. So as a result, pipe bands in competitions here in Northern Ireland have always been the focus. And the vendors have always been an afterthought. But recently, with the County Antrim Championships, it's been turned on its head. Where the vendors have been the focus and the pipe bands are an afterthought. And it's been a really interesting juxtaposition because just when you think to yourself, uh, nobody's paying attention to the pipe bands, it's kind of seen as a bit of an afterthought. Then you realise this is bringing a whole new audience. People are travelling here to see the vendors, see all the stalls, see your pony rides and whatever. But also they're going, what's that over there? And they see a grade two competition. There's Thiepville Memorial in there banging out the big tunes and that blows people away they're like dang i didn't know a pipe band could sound like this and you tell me this happens every weekend holy smokes so you know this is helping promote piping and drumming to a whole new audience by introducing so many different kind of ways and means of vendors all around the championships so as well as drawing an audience to your piping and drumming yeah why not draw an audience to your vendors as well I think it's been a really interesting mix. I do know in the States that with Highland Games, that's when they hold most of their piping competitions. So they have the Highland Games where they're you know throwing their cabers around and big stones and all that stuff. I don't know much about it. But yeah, tacked on to the side of it is a piping championship where the pipe bands go and play and have our competition as alongside the strongmen. You know? And then there's guys dressed around, dressed up as... I don't know, Jacobites and all that kind of William Wallace fellas and all that, you know, running around with big swords, knocking the lamps out of all that, while you're standing playing, <laughs> standing playing Scotland the Brave, and these boys are like, knocking the heck out of each other. Crazy. But, yeah, that seems to be, you know, the Highland game seen in America. I, I don't know. Perhaps I'm wrong. But, uh, yeah, piping championships here, piping and drumming championships here in the UK are definitely a different animal from what they are in the States. But that's not to say the guys in the States are doing it wrong. They're just doing it differently. And if anything, it could be, could be a possible twist in what we could put on our version here in the UK. We could maybe attract a whole new audience. One such event that used to be like that, of course, was the Kyle Games. The Kyle Games used to be this huge event that had a major championship, you know, with it. The Kyle Championships. Everyone looked forward to Kyle because... Yeah, it was the end of the piping and drumming season and you got to find out who your champion champions were. And plus, everyone wanted to win the Carl Championships. Do you know? I don't know why, but for some reason, it was the one you wanted to win. If you didn't get the Worlds, everyone looked to Carl. Do you know what I mean? So you wanted to get the Worlds. Well, who am I kidding? You wanted to win every major going, but Carl was always one of those ones that was kind of special. It had so much history involved. Plus, you had guys who were running around a track as you were playing through your 4-4s. Four or, you know, you had fellas there lifting all these heavy weights and throwing bars around. And ugh. You know, it was a spectacle. So if you weren't there just to watch piping and drumming, you had a chance to go and watch some big hairy fella go and throw a stone around. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I think as much as we're focused on piping and drumming on this show, and yeah, that's what we love. You know, it's our bread and butter. I also think we could possibly be doing more on the vendor front to possibly try and bring in a new audience to what we do, especially at local level competitions. Perhaps our major competitions, because they're majors, they are getting the attention that they need from a vendor point of view. You know, we're getting these really eclectic mixes of people selling weird stuff. But yeah, is our minor competitions getting the same attention? Uh, I don't know. Food for thought. And you know what? This week, I want to know your thoughts. What are your thoughts on vendors at championships? Are we getting it right? Are we getting it wrong? Do you think our piping associations could do more to help vendors, you know, attend more competitions? Possibly to attract some new businesses to, you know, hit the field and try and sell their wares. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Email me in. BigRabShow at gmail.com. I really want to hear from you this week. I said kind of disappointed. Didn't have any listener mail this week. <laughs> but I do understand. Completely understand. I must stress. Because we're rolling into the piping season. 
this is the time of year where everyone gets quiet. And yeah, it's kind of difficult. It makes my job extremely difficult because no one comes forward. No one talks. It's all super secret. See, for the next four or five weeks, the piping world does slow down. Because during these four or five weeks, bands are applying their finishing touches. And it's the finishing touches that makes the difference between first place and last. So, can't blame them. Can't blame them at all. So, hey, we'll do what we can. If you guys have the time, I would appreciate it. Please send us in an email. BigRabShow at gmail.com Plus, you can reach us on Facebook as well. And the Twitter at Big Rab Show. Also, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't yet, please do take the time to give us a rating on iTunes. If you're listening on iTunes, give us a five star plus write us a very short review. It doesn't have to be War and Peace. But every rating and every review that is given on iTunes helps our visibility and helps more people discover our show and helps our little piping world to increase. <laughs> we are here to promote you guys the piping world we are one big family i did talk about it before being a subculture so let's spread the love of our good music far and wide give us a wee rating on itunes and yeah if you can be bothered give us an email or even write us a review until next time it's time for me to run and celebrate the rest of my wedding anniversary with my missus <laughs> Oh, I can just hear her shouting now. What are you out there talking about? For goodness sake, you're out there for hours. Yeah, I love doing what I do. And I will catch us all again next week, guys. Right here in the Big Rab Show podcast. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Many thanks to our sponsors, good friends there at G1 Reads. Be sure to check them out on Facebook and at g1reads.com. The G1 Platinum Chanter is played by bands around the world, producing that rich, full-bodied tone. If you don't believe me, just listen to our Champion of Champions 2016 in Verarian District. Many thanks to our good mates there at G1. And until next time, we'll see you right here in the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.